Hello, Tiger Nation. I am Byron Hulsey, headmaster at Woodbury Forest School, and I would like to welcome you to the Woodbury podcast series. This podcast consists of informal yet substantive conversations with alumni, faculty, staff, and students. The conversations explore how Woodbury's core values empowered alumni to build a solid foundation for their lives, how those core values are taught today by Woodbury teachers, and how those values are put into practice by today's students. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Woodbury podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, the head of school at Episcopal High School, Charlie Stilwell, who's an old friend and I've known Charlie for a long time. A Woodbury graduate from the class of 1981, for many years, a a leader in the world of independent schools was for, I think, Charlie, 18 years, I think, headmaster of St. Christopher's. And now this must be like year eight or so of being head of school at, at Episcopal. And as we anticipate the, the the game this weekend, we're excited about this podcast and uh, thought it would be great to have you on it. And I really appreciate you taking a little time. So, Charlie, thanks for joining. Well, thanks, Byron. It's always fun to connect with you. And obviously, this is an exciting time for both our schools as we're gearing up for the game. We're excited here. And I, I know you guys are as well. Charlie, you've got really deep Woodbury roots. When I was a boy at Woodbury, we didn't know each other. You're, even though you don't look it, you're a little older than I, but I knew your family really well because your dad was just such a titan on our faculty, John Stillwell, and your mom, Gay, was just awesome as well. So, and I know you spent a lot of time on the Woodbury campus. Can you just kind of share with our listeners your own history here at Woodbury? Sure. So so our family's connection to Woodbury actually goes back to my grandfather, who, though he was from Illinois, ended up playing football at the University of Virginia on what they referred to as the miracle team of 1915 with a number of Woodbury alumni. And because of that, when my father was going into ninth grade, in the early 1940s, his father, who had a business, small business in a small town in Illinois, sent dad to Woodbury. And dad went to Woodbury, went to World War II, went to Williams, uh, went into the Korean War, and then afterwards realized he really wanted to be a teacher. And that's when he and mom came to Woodbury in the mid-1950s. He absolutely loved his career at Woodbury. I was born on the campus and 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 grew up there. There was a period of time when my father actually left Woodbury to go to Charlottesville to help a friend start a school there. So I uh, at that time I switched to go to go to a school in Charlottesville and and we had a house there from that time on. So Charlottesville also feels very much like a hometown to me as well. And that's where mom and dad retired when dad left Woodbury. And, you know, as you know, dad uh, died a number of years ago, but my mother still lives there and stays in touch with all of her close Woodbury friends. So it's it's really fun for me now that I'm at Episcopal to have some really close and meaningful relationships with a lot of people in the Woodbury community. Can you tell us a little bit about your time at the school as a as a student? Sure. Well, I was in the class of 1981, arrived in the late 70s, and it was a it was a wonderful time to be at Woodbury. Uh, Emmett Wright was the the head of the school at the time and was helping the school continue to grow and build on the progress that Baker Duncan had made as 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 the head 
previous to, to Emmett. And my father enjoyed working with Mr. Wright. And I loved my time. I had great friends uh, in my class. They continued to communicate with me regularly, upset and embarrassed that, uh, that I have switched over to, to, the, to the maroon and black from the orange and black. It was a terrific experience. Had wonderful teachers and coaches. I always loved history. So to have a chance to work with Mr. Job really probably was the biggest influence for me to go on and become a, a teacher or well, study American history in college and in graduate school and to, to teach history and uh, to play football for Mr. Karn and lacrosse for Mr. Gillespie and have a chance to play lacrosse in college because of that uh, and, and then coach for many years after that. The influences of Woodbury were a huge part of my life for sure. Was it hard in any way to be Mr. Silwell's son? <laughs> no. It was interesting when I was in ninth grade, I was, of course, terribly embarrassed that my father worked at the school and avoided him as best I could, even to the point where some of the some of the guys in the dorm I was living that first year in Taylor, they thought Mr. Stillwell was my uncle because they never saw me with Mr. Stillwell. Eventually, I realized having my parents on campus was a great benefit and and really fun and meaningful. Uh, and so people realized later that the, the relationship that we had, he made sure he was the academic dean at the time, and he made sure that that I would not have him as a teacher in class. He thought that would be difficult. But you know, I felt very fortunate that my parents were right there. I know that your classmates are proud of all that you've accomplished in your great career as a, as a school leader. Charlie, you went on to Princeton. After Princeton, you, you embarked upon, I believe, maybe not right away, but in fairly short order, a career in your own right as a teacher and a coach. Where all did you do that? And walk us through the steps you took after graduating from college. I first went after Princeton. I took a job teaching history and, and coaching at St. George's which is a boarding school up in Newport, Rhode Island. I had been dating uh, my girlfriend for, since high school, uh, Sally, who now is my, my wife, and she had gone to Boston to work. My brothers were in Boston, so going to Newport was really fun. Uh, Sally and I got married after a few years up there, and when our first child was going to arrive, we transitioned back home to Virginia. Sally was from Richmond, so we went. I went to the collegiate school where Rob Hershey was the, the head at the time to teach and coach. And, and that was terrific. And then a friend from St. George's had become the head at Gilman School. So he asked me to come and, and be the head of the upper school at Gilman, which I did for four years. And then St. Christopher's School was in a search for a head and they had contacted me to throw my hat in the ring for that role. In 1998, uh, transition to St. Christopher's and was the head there for 18 years, which is a wonderful K-12 boys school in Richmond, and then had uh, an opportunity either to be there for 30 years and, and finish my career there. I love the school or to have one last chapter and made the decision to make a change and, and return to the boarding school world. So to have a chance to come to Episcopal and be at a, an amazing school that was, you know, had the chance to take advantage of all the resources of Washington was an exciting thing for me to do. And that we made that change eight years ago. That's awesome. That's a lot of different wonderful schools you've been a part of. I don't think I knew the collegiate piece. So you, you've really touched a lot of different places in the, in the Richmond community. That's, that's terrific. Well, it was fun. You know, I've, I've had a mix of experiences in co-ed schools and in single sex schools and have really enjoyed both settings. 
St. George's and collegiate and, and Episcopal having a chance to be in a co-ed setting has been terrific. And, and even at Gilman and St. Christopher's, those were schools that had sister schools that shared classes in the high school level. So when I was teaching at those places, I always had girls in my classes, even though they were boys schools. I'm just interested in your, you know, from your perspective, what do you, what do you love most about being a head of school and what's most challenging? <laughs> well, you and I have, have shared a number of stories over the years about the things yeah. that we love and the things that, that, that are challenging. I, I, how great is it to have a job where you get to spend such an inordinate amount of time with a remarkable group of kids yeah. and, and feel like you can build relationships with the students and attract a really incredible group of adults who ultimately are going to help those kids go on to be amazing adults and adults with the strength of character and all these skills that are going to position them to be great leaders. And I love the relationships with, with the students. The fun part of my day is always the time I have in class, I still teach a history class to seniors. And at St. Chris, I was lucky to have a chance to continue to coach uh, in, in a part-time capacity so that that uh, I've never strayed too far from that part. But I also think it's it's fun to think about what type of a school do the kids need today, given all the things that are swirling around us, how do we help them be the great people that we need them to be? And that's a fascinating challenge. I think the fact that we work with teenagers and those are individuals that aren't fully formed yet and their level of maturity sometimes allows them to make some you know really unfortunate decisions there are always challenges in in terms of of helping the kids through all the bumps that they face and then they're just institutional challenges you know I've, it's nice to connect today it reminds me of all the times we were connecting regularly back in the midst of the pandemic uh when yeah you know, we have to worry about the health and safety of the kids constantly. I felt really lucky to have a chance to tap into your your wisdom and, and guidance. We were trying to figure out all those issues. Yeah, that, those were some incredible times. It's interesting kind of how relationships between heads of school in those, in those years probably got stronger as a result of just seeing, being in each other's presence, even even remotely uh, on Zoom compared to in person. Yeah, that was a shared shared experience that was unforgettable to say the least. I think that one day maybe when long after we're retired and we come across each other at some social function and we talk about our successors, we'll say, yeah, but he didn't make it through COVID. You know, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't ahead of school during COVID. Like that, that'll be like our great accomplishment was to have endured those challenging years. Incredible though, that when you look back to what we were trying to pull off in those challenging times and, and, and also to think back at and laugh at kind of the the really, really dumb things that we did, trying to do the very best we could. You know, obviously we were all trying to, to do the best we could, but, uh, and, and we were operating on, you know, scant information sometimes. That was such a huge challenge. And I know you benefited like I did from a great team around you. So you mentioned the, the, the future social events. My hope is that we will all have forgotten about Yeah, you think so? Okay. In that period of time, as opposed to bringing it up, it was very difficult to know how to proceed in the best way for the kids and a lot of mixed messages coming from experts. And, yeah. and it was helpful to have great friends leading other schools to, to try to come to the best decisions that we could. And it was hard because people were frustrated and for good reason. And yeah, I mean, I think for Woodbury, when I think back on the hardest part of it, it was like managing the 
the psychological and emotional space between those of us adults who were really concerned and Woodbury boys generally just didn't care. They wanted to be respectful and they tried hard. Telling them to stay away from each other was just darn near impossible. The restrictions were really hard on, on the kids and hard on the adults. And I'm just so thankful that in these recent years, we've all been able to get back to being great schools that focus on important things and not. That's right. That's right. What, what uh, one or two big initiatives is going on in Episcopal that you would, you'd like to emphasize? What are you excited about what's going on right now? We uh, we've been working on a couple of areas that I think are really important. One area that we have been focusing on is how we're using the all the resources that Washington has to offer. And we've developed this new center, uh, our McCain-Ravenel Center for Intellectual and Moral Courage, that really is overseeing the support for our faculty as they're getting their classes into the city to work with experts, as they're thinking about leadership development in different ways, as they're tapping into um, all the the academic and, and also character development benefits of of these resources. And the school has done that for a long time, but I think we're actually trying to take that to a whole nother level right now, which is really exciting. And the other thing that's been a big emphasis here is trying to find that special balance between rigor and wellness yeah. that can help all the kids thrive. And, and, you know, there's so much difficulty out there right now with students struggling with anxiety and and emotional distress we want to make sure that we are putting the right kind of of rigor on the the plate for the students so they can be their absolute best and have that that right amount of of stress that 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 brings out your capabilities but not so much stress that it starts to become debilitating and yeah. and i think we we know now that the, the wellness supports and the emotional supports uh, are a huge part of what schools need to, to focus on to help the kids maximize their abilities. So that's been another area for us, uh, even going back before the pandemic, frankly, that right. I've really been uh, excited about too. That's great. What questions do you have for me? It's a little daunting to, uh, you know, to know that though I'm a, a little older than you, Byron, you know, that that you would come along and be such a star uh, in in all these different ways. And I was so thrilled that you ultimately decided to to make a change and come back to Woodbury. We all care deeply about our school and we want the person in charge to be fantastic. And the school is incredibly lucky to have you leading Woodbury today. So I guess I would ask you a, a similar question. You know, this is, we're coming out of the pandemic. We have a chance to get back to focusing on important things. What are the, what are the really big next steps and, and hopes you have for Woodbury right now? As you know, I love this place. Having been here as a boy, it was where I grew up. And so I feel like I'm just at, at home here and Love being part of, of of the Tiger Nation. You know, for us at Woodbury right now, Charlie, we're we're in year one of a of a new sk- daily schedule and weekly calendar that I really like, in large part because it advances uh, our progress along some of the same domains and you know addressing some of the same questions that you raised about mental health and and wholeness and wellness. Intentionally choosing to spend time and allocate time differently in order to make some gains there has been a lot of fun and really watching that kind of come into fruition is 
has been gratifying for sure. We're wrapping up a capital campaign now that has really been focused on raising capital dollars to fund tuition assistance through our endowment to make the Woodbury experience that you and I enjoyed more accessible for more boys going forward. And that's been really successful. And it's a lot of fun for me to think about all the boys who've been able to come to Woodbury because of the success that we've had, who otherwise wouldn't have been able to to to, to come to the school. Uh, that's super exciting for me, especially as a recipient of financial aid myself way back in the, in the day. And then lastly, I guess I would say, um, and I know you track this as well, that you know a lot of the current research from scholars like Richard Reeves makes clear that boys and young men are falling behind. From my standpoint, from my perspective, a place like Woodbury has never mattered more and boys have never needed it more. And we can focus our attention on what boys need for their future. So trying to hire wonderful people who will advance the school's mission along those lines and supporting those great teachers and coaches and caring for them and watching the boys grow up and be part of their experience, all of that is just richly fulfilling for, for me. And then kind of icing on the cake is uh, just relationships that I have with not only people at Woodbury, but beyond with, with you and other heads of school at other wonderful institutions. And then I feel lucky. I pinch myself a lot uh, often that, you know, that this is my quote unquote job. <laughs> it's, I feel very, very lucky, very privileged. I, I know you do as well. One last question. It was really fortunate for us that before we came to Episcopal, our daughter, Janie, actually left home and came to Episcopal as yeah. a board student. And this year, your wonderful daughter, Claire, has headed off to St. Andrews. Yeah. We were heartbroken at Episcopal. Oh. She did not come here because she's such a superstar. But I wonder, what has it been like for you to be a boarding school parent? Yeah. With your away from home and how is that helping you in your role as head at Woodbury? Yeah, well, that's thank you for asking about about Claire. I'd say the same thing about Ben. You know, Ben came to Woodbury and um, it was a strange opportunity and challenge for him to be the headmaster's son and but but uh, but very revealing for me, you know, to be on the parent side, even though I, I was a headmaster here at Woodbury and watching him grow up and watching his buddies grow up, that was was terrific. Claire never really wanted to go to Woodbury, thank goodness. Um, I was delighted that she never expressed any interest in being the headmaster's daughter at an all-boys boarding school. So the the search for her school was was uh, was really interesting for me and kind of a new wrinkle in my life experience. And I'll never forget taking her to Episcopal for her tour and how generous you all were and how kind and, and supportive. I remember we got in the car after her tour in, in Alexandria, and it was a great day, by the way, but I remember getting in the car, and she says, Dad, I really like it here. I'm like, oh, no, Claire, no. Uh, <laughs> it was a fun dynamic. She, she did choose to go to St. Andrews, but it was a hard choice for her because Episcopal is such a great school. For her, St. Andrews has been terrific. She's having a great time there. And it's been good for me to watch another school in action from the parent perspective. And we've made a few tweaks at Woodbury based on what I've learned from St. Andrews, which I think is a is in and of itself a great school community. So you're right. We, we, we rob and, and steal and 
take uh, a little bit here and there from all of our colleagues and, and great communities around. Hopefully we can provide that kind of resource for other schools too, because I, I think it's a, it's a shared enterprise that we're all invested in. And uh, Watching Claire at another school makes me happy, gives me also a lot of appreciation for the trust that our parents have in sharing their awesome sons with us, and in your case, uh, their sons and daughters with you. I've got a lot of respect and a lot of affection for the emotional sacrifice and investment that my parents made to send me here and that uh, that all parents make to let their kids go to a, a great schools like Episcopal and I, I hope Woodbury. And we, we appreciate having one faculty daughter from Woodbury who's with us right now. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're sad not to have another. Well, you, you've had them over the years, and I'm sure you'll have others uh, in, in, in years to come. Absolutely. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the Woodbury podcast. We've got a big game to look forward to. I won't ask you to make a prediction, and I won't give you a, a prediction, but we know where our, each other's hearts are in that matter. And I just appreciate, and you might just kind of sign off by giving us your take on the rivalry, but I just love the opportunity to have our schools play such a meaningful game at such a high level with, you know, a commitment to both sportsmanship and excellence, knowing that you're you're leading the, the school that we respect and also want to beat uh, is is a great comfort for me. So I, I thank you for all you're doing to lead lead the Maroon at Episcopal High School. Uh, well, thanks, Byron. I do I do think it's wonderful for our kids to have a chance to be part of such a big exciting, significant event as part of their high school experience. And and for me to know that this school that is this wonderful rival in this moment is also a place where I have so many close relationships and to have this great friendship with you uh, and know that this is a, a rivalry based on respect and, and based on doing things the right way, not forgetting about the, the character piece in the midst of a fierce competition. Those are all really important parts of both our schools. That makes this moment even more special for everyone. Well, you're, you're, I agree completely, and uh, it's an emotional time and an exciting time, and uh, we, we want to preserve it for generations to come, that's for sure. Absolutely. But you're very kind to have me on. I wish you well with your ongoing podcast series. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. I appreciate it. Have a good day. See you. Yep, take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Woodbury Podcast. We hope you found our discussion insightful and engaging. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, rating, or leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Stay tuned for more conversations in the future. And remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. Connect with us on Woodbury Forest School social media, reach out with your questions or comments, and let's keep the dialogue going. Until next time, take care and go Tigers!